Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Jabarelli, and I have no co-host tonight, sorry. John is out on the town partying, and uh, I'm not, you know, doing my own thing. It is 4.30, the end of the month of April. Can you believe it? We're already at the end of the fourth month. That means there's only eight months left of this year. Yay! Oh, maybe not. I don't know. This is Sunday. It's a Sunday episode, which means we will be getting into this week in crypto Twitter as well as this week in coins shortly. But let me at least say, check out, and if you haven't already heard us say it enough, Blockchain Expo will be happening in only two weeks. We won't be talking about it much longer, and you won't have to endure this weird ad at the start of every single episode. I guess the show won't be there anymore if you don't come visit. May 17th and 18th, that's the middle of the week. It is free to everyone who wishes to attend. Uh, you can pay more if you like, but uh, it just gets more and more expensive as it gets closer. So either buy the tickets, which are not cheap, like I said, like $800 plus for those you know really high-end stuff. Anyways, check that out in a couple of weeks. Well, three weeks roughly. So this week in Crypto Twitter, Tornado Cash Div Alex Pritzev returns and Jinping Zhao says he's not that rich. Really? Oh, really? Let's find out more here. Let me make this bigger for you mobile users. Bitcoin this week led a small market-wide rally after shares in the First Republic Bank nosedived when the institution's latest quarterly report revealed a decline in deposits. <laughs> yeah, people tried to pull out more money than there was. On Sunday, some of the leading cryptocurrencies appeared to be shrugging off the intra-week gains, but there has been no explosive price movement in either direction. Weird, that's not this, this week in crypto Twitter. Why are we talking about coins? Anyways, AI was a hot topic on crypto Twitter this week. Still don't understand that. Electropop singer Grimes started the conversation on Monday when he offered 50% royalties to anyone that creates a hit using her machine-generated voice. A follow-up tweet said she would use smart contracts to issue the royalties. Great. Here's Grimes' tweet. I'll split 50% of my royalties on any successful AI-generated song that uses my voice. Same deal as I would with any other artist collab I do. I am paraphrasing. Feel free to use my voice without penalty. Well, that's good to know. I have no label and no legal bindings. I think this is so cool. Later in this week, Avengers, uh, pardon me, Avenged Sevenfold singer Ethereum Maxi M. Shadows gave his two cents on Grimes' proposal, responding... I like what Grimes is doing with her likeness and AI. I'm not sure the logistics. Uh, I'm not sure the logistics while on the label, but moving forward, I would love to help facilitate our quote sound in quote to producers and fans to create original, the official A7X songs using this technology. So at least someone's enthusiastic about it that has a little bit of a platform. On Tuesday, uh, Niraj Agarwal who heads the communications at pro-crypto policy think tank Coin Center, suggested donations from some Bitcoin developers who are currently embroiled in a legal battle with notorious industry troll Craig Wright, which we spoke about in the last episode, an Australian software developer who claims to be the man behind the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin. If you didn't already know, here's Niraj, Niraj's uh, comments on Twitter. 
BitcoinDefenseFund.org is fighting back against Craig Wright's attempt to patent troll open source software developers. This goes beyond Bitcoin. They rely on donations for legal fees. Yes, we did talk about that. Bankrupt crypto lender Voyager broke the news that Binance US had axed a deal to acquire the company's assets. Voyager was one of the high-profile casualties stemming from terrorist collapse last May. In a statement to decrypt, Binance cited, quote, the hostile and uncertain regulatory climate in the United States, end quote, as the main reason behind the decision to back out. And I'm not going to read Voyager's tweet here because, honestly, it feels like, uh, as John and I spoke about, I think last Sunday, CZ and Binance are just filing these these attempts to uh, overtake looking through all the uh, financial notes and then deciding after that they've gotten access to them to not buy them, in a sense. I mean, they have a right to do that if they're going to do a hostile takeover, I guess, but uh, it seems a little backhanded. Anyways, Solana announced a new integration with ChatGPT that day, so at least there's a reason to talk about AI. Here's Solana Labs. Solana Labs has... Created an open source reference implementation for a ChatGPT plugin that lets users interact with the Solana network directly from ChatGPT. Users will be able to check wallet balances, transfer tokens, and purchase NFTs once ChatGPT plugins are available. Great. Honestly, I don't care. Hope you guys have fun with that. Not interested. Avid tech fan at Odin Free shared a pie chart highlighting how regulators have driven Ethereum principal deposits out of the Kraken exchange. Here's the comment. 60%, 64% of, of Ethereum principal withdrawals all time have come from regulatory forced Kraken exits. And there it is. That's a good chunk of the pie. Bitcoin briefly plummeted on Wednesday. Will Clemente, founder of blockchain research firm Reflexivity Research, was watching the red candles. His comment, 300 million of Bitcoin open interest wiped out. In 45 minutes, what a savage move. Yeah, that looks like a, it looked like a, a reverse pump and dump, or I guess the uh, short seller's pump and dump. Turns out that the world's favorite crypto had fallen 7% in an hour after reports from blockchain analyst firm Arkham set the wallets linked to defunct Mt. Gox exchange, and the U.S. government had moved huge Bitcoin stashes. Arkham CEO Miguel Morel said the transactions weren't connected to Connected and Arkham itself later offered a somewhat perplexing exclamation. Here's Arkham's yellow checkmark on Twitter. Today we fixed a bug related to Bitcoin alerts that caused us to no longer undersend alerts to a small subset of users' private labels. This was one of them. This won't fix. Uh, this fix won't affect any additional users and was unrelated to labels generated by Arkham. We understand the impact, etc., etc. Yeah, thanks guys for nothing. The following day, analyst firm analytics firm Glassnode showed followers how to track the Mt. Gox and U.S. government balances in question, which is really what Arkham should have done in the first place. But it's not—they're not the same company. So let's just hear what Glassnode had to say. According to our data, the U.S. government and Mt. Gox trustee hold 205,514 and 137,890 Bitcoin, respectively. So the U.S. government holds a little over 200, and Mt. Gox holds a little over 330. So it's slightly more than uh, MicroStrategy has, that Mt. Gox has. Monitor their balance and set alerts for coin movement in studio. And then they gave links. Last year may have been hailed 
Crypto winter, for those in the thick of the industry, but for their lawyers and advisors, it was a sunnier story, tweeted by FTX creditor Sunil. Here's Sunil's comment. Bankruptcy cost comparison, FTX, Celsius, Voyager, BlockFi. And he has a chart down below as to their costs in months listed. Blockchain gumshoe, Zach XPT, which is quoted often on this uh, podcast, is hot on the heels of a scammer who has so far created a over a hundred different meme coins to rug investors with. This guy is very prolific, unfortunately for the rest. Over the past one and a half months, one person has created 114 meme coin scams. Each time stolen funds from the scam are sent to the exact same deposit address. Here it is. And here is the chart of what's going on. Binance CEO, just to leave that topic entirely, I hope you guys check that out. There's a lot of talk on it. Binance CEO Chengping Zhang, CZ, uh, Chengping Zhao, pardon me, CZ, wants you to know that he's not as wealthy or as competitive as everyone seems to think he is. As CZ says here, four. <laughs> that is FUD. Numbers all wrong, and I don't have anywhere near as much. Uh, don't let don't know why they do this. Oh, it's just FUD, dude. They're fudding you. <laughs> Fear, unrest, and doubt on top of you. Also, never viewed FTX as a rival. We will welcome more well-run exchanges in this space. Please, try to beat me. I dare you, he's saying. <laughs> a self-proclaimed Bitfinex Tether whistleblower posted a scathing critique of recent Coinbase, invest Coinbase investors they're not alone in thinking that Coinbase may be planning to relocate. The company itself has frequently mentioned the hostile regulatory climate in the U.S. recently and last week announced plans for global expansion, including Bermuda and possibly the crypto-friendly free economic zone Abu, Abu Dhabi global market. Yeah, you know, if the United States doesn't get its act together, a lot of people will be leaving, not just crypto people. And I'm not going to read their, their tweet here. Tornado Cash developer Alexei Pritsev returned to Twitter after he was released on bail to what for his uh, to wait for his trial at home. Dutch authorities arrested him nine months ago on authority, alleged charges of facilitating money laundering shortly after U.S. authorities sanctioned the crypto transaction privacy tool, claiming it was linked to North Korean state hackers Lazarus Group and may have laundered as much as $7 billion since 2019. Just as a side note to this, is it any wonder why Satoshi Nakamoto himself, if he was in fact a, a real person, has never revealed who he is other than, you know, Craig Wright wanting to be him? Probably because he wanted to remain anonymous, so this shit wouldn't happen to him. I mean, come on. Continuing. Finally, why think about personal finance when you can just outsource it to ChatGPT? Joshua Browder says on Twitter, I decided to outsource my entire personal financial life to ChatGPT4 via the Do Not Pay chat we are building. I gave AutoGPT access to my bank financial statements, credit report, and email. Here's how it's going so far, up $217.85, and the strange ways it's saving money. That dude is awfully trusting, but it is his own product. Anyways, that's a lot of news about everything. Let's move on to coins. This week in coins, ICP and Solana lead the way market-wide rally. 
Most of the top 30 cryptocurrency by market capitalization have appreciated in value over the last seven days with Bitcoin, Solana, and the Internet Computer Project leading the rally. Bitcoin is around 7.5% pricier than it was at the time this time last weekend. It trades for roughly at 29.295 as of the time of this writing. On Monday, the world's favorite cryptocurrency slipped down to 27,500, but on Wednesday it reclaimed 29,000 after another potential insolvency rocked the traditional finance world. Yes, that was First Republic Bank, which we all know about now. From Bitcoin's white paper onward, crypto has been pitched to the world as an alternative to the banking system. So when trade fi institutions are in trouble, investors often flock to crypto, as happened last month when news of Credit Suisse's insolvency pumped Bitcoin's price. The market's second biggest cryptocurrency, Ethereum, only managed 2.7% to add to its value this week and currently trades at roughly 1900 The biggest rallies among leading cryptocurrencies came from Solana, which grew a little over 10% and is now worth 2335 that's 23.35. And ICP blew up 16.5% to change hands at 658. 6.58. Holders of Cosmos Atom, Cosmos Hub Atom, found their stashes increasing this Saturday as the token rallied 8.5% over the week to trade at 11.68. The glare from regulators' headlamps has been intensifying recently as U.S. agencies like the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, and the Commodities Futures Trading Commission, a CFTC, continue to enforce actions against the industry instead of new guidelines. On Monday, Democrat and California Lower House lawmaker Matt Haney introduced Assembly Bill 1229, a legal framework for decentralized autonomous organizations, or DAOs, that would change state legislation to enable DAOs to incorporate and pay taxes in California while providing better safeguards for Californians participating in the Web3 economy. The bill already has support from crypto investment firm Andreessen Horowitz and Crypto Council for Innovation. On Tuesday, news broke on Twitter that Binance US had walked away from a deal to acquire assets of crypto lender Voyager. We spoke about this in the last article. One of the high-profile casualties stemming from terrorist collapse in May last year. In a statement for Decrypt, the exchange cited the hostile and uncertainty, blah, 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 which we already said. On Wednesday, reports emerged that Binance CEO Chengping Zhao had hired lawyers, which we all spoke about recently, to defend himself against multiple legal threats filed against him in the exchange by the SEC and CFTC and the Department of Justice. That day, crypto-friendly Texas Senator... Ted Cruz launched a diatribe against the idea of American Central Bank Digital Currency, otherwise known as CBDC, during the Bitcoin Policy Summit. CBDCs are currently being researched by the governments worldwide, including those of the U.S. and the EU. A CBDC is a stablecoin pegged to a local currency. I'm not going to explain it further. You probably already know this. Cruz argued that U.S. leaders would be would use a CBDC to destroy all value of Bitcoin. I can see now that he doesn't understand this at all. To destroy anonymity, to destroy decentralization, he added. Quote, the same people that want to see, I'm not going to try to imitate his voice, sorry. It's just, I know it's nasally. Uh, a CBDC, they hate Bitcoin and they hate cash. Let's be clear, they don't like cash for the exact reason I like cash, because it's not subject to centralized control that is not subject to constant surveillance. 
and I hope we see growing resistance to a CBDC, end quote. CBDC skepticism is prevalent in Republican circles. Last month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Ohio Representative Warren Davidson echoed Cruz's sentiments. Finally, a Bloomberg event on Thursday, Hong Kong Securities and Futures Commissions, or the SFT, CEO Julia Lewin announced the special administrative region will launch its crypto licensing regime next month. The rules, the new rules promise to let retail investors trade significant cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum with fewer restrictions starting June 1st. That's actually a lot more news than I was expecting out of This Week in Coins, but it's not all bad. Moving on. How to get Blue Sky invite codes as Christy Teigen joins decentralized Twitter rival. So it's interesting to see because the next article also covers Blue Sky as well as Noster and Jack Dorsey's involvement therein. But uh, as of right now, there are not a lot of codes going out. Now, you can follow and find codes through the development form for Blue Sky. That's one way of getting into it, although there's no guarantees there. Hopefully, you know somebody and maybe can get a code. Codes are not generated all that often at this point, roughly every two weeks, so it's not going to be super easy to get them often, although there aren't a whole lot of people in the company. Um, you can always join the beta project and hopefully get one there, but you can always wait until the software is released. That could be a while. So if you know someone somewhere, somehow, on I know they're being released on Twitter. I've even heard of some of them being sold on eBay. But a couple of, quite a few celebrities, celebrities, something like that, already have these codes. And um, some politicians also have these codes. And we're moving towards something slightly different than Twitter. This is kind of the point of Blue Sky, although it is a decentralized app. So the end game here, even though available on Android, um, is distinct from Twitter, thank goodness. Uh, but yes, there's there's a lot going on. Thankfully, there are alternatives. And the thing I think I find most interesting is Jack Dorsey's um, contentment to not endorse one or the other. Yes, he was on the board of Blue Sky. He helped start it. He donated a lot of money to it. He obviously thinks it's a good idea, but he thinks no less of Noster. So I think more people may join Blue Sky. I don't know if it's, it's in better shape to start, Noster has a different name, a different, it's kind of a weird, odd name, I'd say. Blue Skies seems to be more appealing to people. Um, I think it's because people like Blue Skies. <laughs> uh, I think it was a good name to start with in general. But yes, to get an invite at this point doesn't seem to be all that easy. And then here again with uh, Blue Sky and Noster, Jack Dorsey says, many decentralized social proto uh, platforms is a good thing. He's very much in favor of both and has not given his blessing to either one. And he hopes that you check them out both and he hopes for more to exist. I think I made some of the comments on what he had done here. I find it interesting just as a side commentary though, that uh, Elon has, not Elon, sorry, Jack. Jack Dorsey kind of abandoned his old project of Twitter, kind of left it by the wayside, left everything behind and started supporting uh, other ideas that he wasn't, explicitly creating himself, although supporting a lot. He's obviously supported Blue Sky and Noster. But his his goal, it seems to be, is to get away from something that can be controlled the way Elon Musk has controlled Twitter. I don't know that Jack Dorsey himself ever had as much direct control over 
Twitter as Elon does now. But we all can see what's going on with that activity. Continuing on with the CFTC, as we spoke about earlier, it has cracked its largest fraud case involving Bitcoin orders the offender to pay $3.4 billion penalty. And why? I mean, for one, uh, the company that they've sued and won this against is this fellow named Cornelius Johannes uh, Steinberg, the CEO of Mirror Trading International. It's not even an uh, American company. It's a South African company. And not to say I haven't had my fair share of interaction with South African companies that failed, um, but the CFTC is not happy about uh, what has been done because probably the majority of the people who invested in this project were American, so they have a vested interest in making sure that Cornelius and his cohorts pay back the money, but at this point I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that. The um, total amount of funds that was taken seems to have been absconded with. But in general, the entire uh, charge of this is basically twice the value of what was stolen. And why? Because half of it is a punishment for the theft. Now, as to whether or not anybody gets their money back from this, I mean, half of it was intended for that, and then the other half is intended as a punishment, I'm not sure anybody will get much of their money back at all. But this is at least the largest... Uh, fine and punishment from a CFTC lawsuit in the history of its existence. And we can only say this because the value of the U.S. dollar is so low right now. I mean, we try to put it in the value of the U.S. dollar from 100 years ago, it would still be a large amount of money. So the total amount apparently was nearly 30,000 Bitcoin at the time worth 1.7 billion stolen Uh Relieved from 23,000 people in the U.S. and worldwide. And, uh, yeah, it's, we'll see. I mean, great, there's a um, lawsuit and uh, basically a judgment against this man and his, and his company. But, well, anyways, we'll see what happens. I'm sure there'll be more information on this. Let's move on to Ohio man steals $21 million in Bitcoin from his brother and gets four years in prison. So James, uh, Gary James Harmon will spend four years in prison after stealing crypto assets that law enforcement tried to seize from his brother. So apparently um, this man figured out how to access his brother's accounts from knowing his credentials and created certain wallets to allow the transfer of about 712 Bitcoin uh, from his brother's wallets, which were apparently already seized or at least we're in the process of being seized by the uh, Justice Department. At the time, this, I mean, this is over three years ago, Harmon, after uh, the rest, rest of his brother in February 2020, before the pandemic ever started, according to the Justice Department, the funds were uh, worth around $5 million at that time, because, well, Bitcoin wasn't worth very much, right? But, uh, yeah, he, he managed to just snag a tiny amount of money, tiny amount of, of so the total amount of Bitcoin, 350,000 Bitcoin between 2014 and 2017, processed by Larry Dean Hammond, was arrested in, in February for this, uh, running basically the Helix mi um, mixing tool, kind of like Tornado Cash, except it was called Helix. And I thought I was actually pretty interested in Helix. I think I used it for a bit, but uh, uh, not for long. I didn't have, I hardly had any coin to, to mix, so... <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, so yeah, very large penalty against Dean, $60 million penalty from uh, FinCEN. And uh, his brother stole the money and got four years in prison. I mean, he did give the money up. But it was interesting. He said when he agreed to hand over the assets that stemmed from the 712 Bitcoin he illegally took, he also agreed to forfeit cryptocurrencies that total included 17.5 million Dogecoin. That's a lot of Dogecoin. Uh, at the time, it was worth a lot less. So it probably you know, it seems like a lot more now. Uh, around 647 Bitcoin and just a little bit over two Ethereum valued at that time of you know, altogether in excess of 20 million US dollars. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> all I want to say, don't steal from your brother who's already in trouble. The moral of the story. Continuing on with Lightning. Really excited with this. Lightning Labs aims to help bring Bitcoin to billions with latest upgrades. Right now, in order to start up a Lightning node, or actually, well, pass Lightning. I mean, you can use the Lightning wallet. That's one way of doing it. But really, the better way is to run your own node. It's not super complicated. You do still have to, you know, download and install uh, the entire Bitcoin network, which isn't exactly small and is getting much, much, much larger by the day because of ordinals uh, and other things like ordinals. Now that entity-like things exist on Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> but the... Uh, the the no that basically Lightning Labs decided look we want more people on our platform so we'll just make it a whole lot easier by doing those things they they are calling accounts. Accounts will allow non savvy uh, Lightning node users, people who don't want to run their own node or don't want to want to learn how to run their own node, to set up an account with a person who does own. It's kind of like the centralized way that people. I mean, I'm not saying that Lightning Labs is all about decentralization. In its entirety, they're probably not. I mean, they are a centralized company. But the the end game, the end goal here is to make it easier for more people to join the network. Because honestly, using Lightning on top of Bitcoin is fast, like the name suggests. It's nice to be able to send uh, Satoshis. Well, you can sell Satoshis or more than that. Very, very easily using Lightning. It's very quick. And it's not very costly at all. You know, the cost of setting Bitcoin would be around 10, 10 US dollars effectively, um, which is a fractional amount of Bitcoin, but that's because Bitcoin's worth, you know, US dollar value is so high. Um, but the, let's, you know, setting up a node is not, I mean, it's not complicated, but it's not as easy as opening up a wallet, you know, with Coinbase or something. So they're trying to make it on that level easier. And I approve of this. I think it's brilliant. I think it's great that Lightning Labs wants to make it easier for everybody to get in Lightning because I think it's great to get in Lightning. It just was hard to get in before. Now it's much, much easier. It will be once they're done with this. So um, <laughs> one update of the LITD is to automatically update Lightning fees. Well, one of those problems in the past was that it had to be done manually on the Lightning node. Now it's done dynamically, which means it's automated. Another introduction of accounts, as I said before, generally each user has to set up their own Lightning node. As I said, the new account system allows many users to share a single Lightning node. With accounts, developers can bring less advanced users into Lightning without the need to understand the complexity of liquidity or node management. So, great. This is awesome. Great to see them deciding to bring things into the fold. And with that, let's move to the next article about John Heater, the guy who stole, uh, stole, stole, starred... <laughs> as the uh, star of Napoleon Dynamite, and he's working with his buddy Dominic Russo of Workaholics. So, 
what what are they doing? They're, they actually come out with this thing, this NFT enhanced animated series called Space Junk, announced earlier this week, and it's kind of along the lines of, of every other project, particularly the one that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. On the name of the person, I wish John were here to tell me who his name was, but um, another actor slash producer slash director who was producing content with the exact same goal of getting the audience involved. This is exactly what uh, John Heater and Russo are doing here. Uh, the end game, of course, is to get their audience involved in the production. So why is this so cool? This is really cool, honestly. Uh, and I'll just let uh, Russo explain. Traditional television is old, slow, and corporate. <laughs> Things don't happen quickly. Uh, decisions get made through gigantic committees versus Web3 with Toonstar, where it's like, you want to do it? Let's do it. Let's move now. Yeah, it's it's that quick. I mean, maybe that's not wholly great because you have to worry about, you know, if things are happening correctly. But the fact of the matter is you don't have to wait for giant committees to approve everything to get going because you're not worried about their money. The reason it's so slow in traditional television is because it's all their money, not yours. So Toonstar is the animated studio behind Space Junk, a web series about blue-collar workers cleaning up space debris with an NFT twist. A With... As with the earlier gimmicks series, Space Junk NFT holders will be able to participate within the community and even help influence future episodes. So it'll be for the people, by the people, uh, with the people's help, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't sound very constitutional to me. Uh, for not that much money, we could see film, uh, we could film these things and put them on YouTube. And without that, like, there would be no way for me to. Uh, for, no way for me into the industry. I guess he missed a word. He recalled, uh, it just feels like we're probably ahead of the curve. Yeah, you guys are really ahead of the curve. This is brilliant. I can't wait to see more people jump on this bandwagon, and it, it's already happening. So it's really exciting in general just to see that Web3 can help people not only contribute content, you can find comedians you never even knew existed, uh, musicians you never knew existed. Um, you don't have to go through a, you know, there's still a vetting process, of course, but uh, you can get a lot more help immediately. You can, it's kind of like you crowdsourcing everything instead of just crowdsourcing the funds. So um, I also, I'm a little worried to see how the uh, Actors Guild takes to this. They're going to be like, hey, why are you guys doing that? And they're like, well, you know, we don't want to wait for you. Moving on. Gary Gensler, and I'm not going to read this whole thing, says SEC believes Ethereum is not a security. At least that's what he said at MIT in 2018 before he became the SEC chair. And that's all I'm going to say about that. The fact of the matter is, before he was the SEC chair, he was a professor at MIT, and he thought that Ethereum was not a security. Why does he now think it's a security? Please tell me down in the comments. I'm sure you guys know. And lastly... Cake drops 24% on the week as PancakeSwap community molds slashing staking rewards. Now, I'm just going to comment on this, and that being that because so many people did not appreciate this proposal, and of course the proposal has not gone through yet, what has happened? The very thing that the proposal had proposed, that the staking rewards be reduced. So they've already been reduced. They're down, I think, by half. <laughs> and a lot of people have left the project because they wanted more rewards. And that's unfortunate. But the fact of the matter is, the proposal succeeded. <laughs> and that's all i got to say about that. Thank you all for listening. We always have a 
place you can donate. We appreciate that. If you would like to join our Patreon, you can catch the before and after show content that you would normally see on Twitch. We're not doing Twitch tonight because John's not here. Uh, you can also check us on Discord. Lots of things to do on Discord. Lots of content on Discord that you can check out as well as the C3 Media token, which can earn you real-life things if you check it out. You can also donate to pay, uh, PayPal. Of course, Patreon, as I mentioned before. Check us out on Twitch when it's actually running. Odyssey is a, a library based or a uh, blockchain-based media hosting protocol. You can see all of our content there without any ads that you would normally see on uh, YouTube. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter and, of course, on Reddit. I was I'm not really on Reddit all that much. It feels like a place to check out what's going on instead of Twitter. Anyways, lastly, just want to mention Blockchain Expo. With all yet, see you guys in the next place. Stack sats and hodl. Adios.